Welcome to another episode of the Season of Sports with me, Asma Begovic, where today we're going to be talking about the NHL restart. And uh, I've got a very special guest here with me today, Gene Principe, sports and reporter over in Edmonton, also an Edmonton Oilers insider. Gene, welcome to the show. Hey, Asma, thanks for having me. Kind of need to be on the other side of the microphone. I was just about to say, I mean, you've had the pleasure <laughs> of interviewing me before, so yeah. the pleasure is all mine. You know what? It's kind of funny because, you, you know, um, I wouldn't say that people don't care what we think, but generally we're we're about trying to get the best answers, the best comments from from the athlete. So now you're you're interviewing, so I'm kind of like, hmm, this is kind of different, but 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 neat at the same time. There you go, absolutely. Well, no, I, I I've been quite excited about the NHL plans, and now that the plans have sort of come together over the last last few days here, um, I thought who who better to call than than you? So there you go, it's worked out worked out really well. So thanks for joining me here. Um, so we're going to get into some of the details here for the NHL restart. I guess, first and foremost, um, new collective bargaining agreement has been agreed. Um, the NHL restart protocol has been agreed. Two hub cities, Edmonton will host the Western Conference. Toronto will host the Eastern Conference. I mean, you being in Edmonton, what's the feeling like in Edmonton? I mean, are they quite excited to get these teams over there? What's Is there a bit of anxiety? What's the general feeling with, with people over there? What's the current situation? You know, Asmir, you probably covered it all with your question. You know, I, I think there's there's definitely a sense of excitement. Uh, it was, uh, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't quite call it like hosting an, an Olympics, but you know that there's always a buildup when you get down to X amount of cities that are pushing to host an Olympics. Again, I'm not saying these are the Olympic Games, but considering what uh, what hockey and the sports world and the world's been going through, it was uh, it was very exciting for any of the final ten cities to have a shot at being a hub city, and then to to actually get it in Edmonton's case uh, was uh, you know Edmonton was kind of like a like a horse race. They were they were in the pack all the way through, close to the front, maybe never never leading. Uh, but as more numbers, particularly around COVID, started to flush out in many of the American cities um, and, and just dealing with all the health ramifications, Edmonton kind of slowly moved to the to the front of the pack alongside Toronto. And, and Edmonton, I guess, in, in a sense, won the race because, you know, barring any any changes, um, they'll have the conference finals and the Stanley Cup final. So I, I think there's that, that excitement. And then the other part is that Edmonton is in the playoffs. I'm not sure that the, that the city would have been as enamored with the idea if, if the, their own team wasn't involved. So it's, it's kind of a win-win all around. Uh, you know, it's a Canadian city that loves its hockey, whether it's, you know, 30 degrees Celsius or minus 30 degrees uh, they're always in love with the game, so it, it's worked out great um, for Edmonton, anyways. Well, knowing Edmonton the way I um, the way I do, this this is pretty much getting the Olympics. So <laughs> I think this yeah, is, you're right. This is as yeah. close as it's going to get for them. So I think this is they couldn't draw it up any better. So I think it's really cool. But what's the the general setup going to be like? I mean, where are the teams going to be um, hosted? Where are they going to be? Um, Excited, accommodated. What's the protocol? Obviously, there won't be any fans at games. What's what's the actual plan exactly? As in Edmonton being a hub city. Yeah, hotel wise. So six teams will stay. Initially, what they wanted to do, Asmir, is just have the the team, as in 
you know, for example, on your squad, you'd have the players, you'd have the equipment staff, uh, you, you'd have the training staff, medical staff all together, and and then extra staff would be separate. But what they've now done is so six teams, the top six teams in the Western Conference, which includes Edmonton, will stay at the JW Marriott, which is a hotel that is really, truly, literally and figuratively connected to the ring. So imagine a hotel, and this isn't as sexy looking as it actually looks, but a, a pathway, um, a tunnel above ground that takes you to the rink. And so you, you literally do not have to go outside. Then you'll have six other, the other six teams staying at a hotel, a Sutton place, which is probably about another block or so away. Uh, they will have to go outdoors um, to get on a bus and then the bus would go down the ramp right directly into to Rogers place. What they're believing is going to be the case is more of a, like the Olympics, more of a security zone. So it won't be that you just sort of stay in your hotel and go right to the rink. There'll be an area where you can, you can get out. Uh, you can go outside for a coffee. Now, how far outside is, is to be determined, but you at least have some outdoor space or outdoor time as opposed to everything being indoors. And then the practice rink, which has four uh, ice facilities, is about a 15 to 20 minute bus ride away. So that'll be locked down for the teams that decide to practice there. Uh, there also is a practice rink attached to the main rink. So there's, there's lots of ice surfaces. Um, they're also talking as I mean, some of these teams could be in there for 60 plus days. There's a beautiful golf course, the Mayfair Golf and Country Club, which is about a 15 minute bus ride. So there's the idea that they will be able to get out, but um, it'll be very controlled. It'll be very limited. But at the same time, they don't want players to feel fully locked down. And then the final, I guess, um, part of it is that the teams that advance to the conference final and the Stanley Cup final will be allowed to bring their families in with them to join them uh, at the hotel so that, you know, it's a 35-day stay away from family, 40, and then you might have, you know, three to four weeks where your family, if you want, can join you. Sounds like they've done their work on this, and I think all protocols are being met. I mean, I know from our experience over here in Italy, I think the build-up was always the worst because they were trying to put everything yeah. in place. But actually, once you get going, um, you do feel pretty safe and everything gets kind of to be the, the new normal for, for now anyway. So I hope that's going to be the uh, the case over there. I guess just going over a bit of the schedule. So as of today, training camp begins. Uh, I think it's called the phase phase three plan. Is that, is that, is that right? Um, you got it right, Asmir, yeah. July 26th, the teams will come to the Hub Cities, 28th to the 30th exhibition games, and then the first round of qualifiers, qualifiers start. I mean, talk to me a little bit about, about, about the setup of this. I mean, there's obviously qualifiers because seeding and, and Edmonton actually being one of those teams that just missed out on those top four spots. Um, this has some big implications because obviously the draft order and you know the main draft pick this year being Alexis Lafayette. Frenier, is that is that my pronunciation? Right? Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So a lot of these things um, yeah. are going to get here quite heated up here pretty soon. Yeah, you're. At, I'm really impressed, Asmir. You're, you're a goalkeeper on a city uh, club, and you've got lots of games and matches and travel, and and you're right up to date. Not to mention the time zone difference. But so so great work on your part in in just 
knowing this uh, uh, because of your love for not only uh, soccer, but, but hockey as well. Yeah, I mean, it's Edmonton, if they had won their last game, which was the last game prior to the NHL pause against Winnipeg, they would have been among the, the top four. So the top four teams will play um, a seeding round to see exactly how, how they will finish. And then the other four teams in the Western Conference that normally, you know, you have you have eight teams per conference. Well, those four teams will play a play-in schedule because, you know, there wasn't an exact amount of games played by every team. So it was it was difficult. They talked about going on winning percentage in the end. Some teams that likely wouldn't have made the playoffs have at least a shot in the play-in system. And that brings you back to that first overall pick. So a team like Edmonton that was sitting second in their division will play Chicago. Now, if Edmonton loses um, in the play-in, well, the, the bad news is they've lost. The good news is they've got a 12.5% chance of getting the first overall pick. So it's it's a bit of a weird system, but our, our world is really different. So it's been an adjustment uh, on the fly. As for the games, I mean, lock it down. I mean, I'm, I've talked to so many people who are, are booking their holidays so they can watch. You know, you know, you've got three games going on in Edmonton a day. And you've got three in Toronto. So, I mean, you're, you're talking about six games a day and, and taking into account the Edmonton time zone. You can start watching your first game at, at 10 in the morning and literally not be done. And again, we don't know. It's playoffs. They have to have a winner. This isn't the regular season. Uh, you're talking about probably a minimum of, of 12 to 14 hours of, of coverage per day. And that's not building in. You know, I know the NHL loves overtime, but they, they really don't want to get into to having like, uh, you know, a double or triple overtime for the play-in, they will have what the NHL has right now is a five-minute overtime, three-on-three, and then a shootout. They just can't afford to to sort of fall behind even before they get into the official playoffs. So it's just, it's so exciting. I mean, I, I think that a lot of people normally right now are, are, are watching Serie A and have been watching the soccer return. And and that's kind of the, the summer sports along with, you know, baseball, um, but with not having that, um, people are, they're gung-ho and they're set to go for, for hockey, even if this is the time of year that people in Canada normally are out in their cottages and their cabins and are, are traveling around the world, really. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it's, you know, we sort of label it a bit of a football feast over here and yeah. everyone's enjoyed having games on every single night and um, them coming in such quick fashion. So I think the same way once once the NHL, the NBA, MLB starts, you're going to have a, an absolute sports feast. So the fans will be will be all over it. Uh, Gene Principe joining me here on the season of sports, uh, sports and reporter over in Edmonton, Canada, talking about the NHL restart. Now, Gene, I want to now look at a little bit some of the teams. Um, we'll get into our Oilers. We're going to see yeah. the best to last, <laughs> of course. Uh, we're going to deep dive into those guys. But um, looking at some of these teams, I mean, we've got the defending Stanley Cup champions, the St. Louis Blues, uh, best regular season record so far, the Boston Bruins. Um, how, do you, how do you see this kind of – is there going to be a benefit to any of this? I mean, some of these teams have – Got a little bit healthier. Columbus has got has gotten a little bit healthier. So, how how do you look at these teams? I mean, who's your favorite? Who do you like? Any standout players uh, going forward into this? Well, I, I think I I got to start with uh, the two teams you mentioned. I mean, they were the Stanley Cup finalists last year. Uh, a game seven, uh, you know, there really was was a sliver to choose from between Boston and St. Louis. Boston has, you know, they're, they're as close to 
somewhat being a not a dynasty, but one of those clubs, it's not easy to get to the Stanley Cup final or get far into the playoffs, but they're one of those clubs that really year in and year out are, are built to to do it. And St. Louis, I haven't seen anything from them that uh, suggests that they are or have been a, a one-year wonder. I think as, Mir, uh, as has been the case, you know, in Serie A, you come back from having months off. It's it's a bit uncertain as to how how this will get going. And you, you mentioned it. I mean, it's not like there's a true exhibition schedule. Training camp is is very brief. Uh, there's you know there's no regular season games. It's like right at it. So every game means a lot and, and could mean between you know staying in and having the chase for the cup continue or or being out. I, I'm curious to see a, a goaltender like Jordan Binnington who kind of took the National Hockey League by storm and was, if not the biggest reason, very close to the reason the St. Louis Blues won the Stanley Cup. I mean, goaltending is always important, but I, as you would know, especially, uh, but when you get into these playoffs, I mean, that's why teams are a bit concerned about Montreal because they've got Carey Price. Montreal would not have made the playoffs, but now they're in. And if he gets hot and a couple of players get hot, suddenly you've got a team that didn't seem to have any opportunity to to go far into the playoffs. You only have to hit a hot streak for a certain amount of time, and suddenly you might find yourself all the way through. So it's just so, even myself, I've been kind of prepping, getting ready for it, because you've almost somewhat forgotten. It's been four-plus months, and now you're like, okay, let's get going. You know, everyone's giddy up. There's no time to rest. Let's let's have this happen and see where it takes everybody. Yeah, well, hundred percent. I mean, you look at um, how much goaltending means in the in the playoffs. It's 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 an absolute huge factor, right? So, and I think a lot of sports there's there's no there's no time for cold streak here. I mean, if you yeah. you better hit the ground running. Um, so that's going to be important. I mean, some of the stars sitting out. We've got Max Domi of the Canadians. Um, sitting out, Mike Green, obviously that trade deadline pick of yeah. war. For the Oilers, I mean, any other big names that we might not see during the three starts? You know, it's a great question, Asmir. On Monday at, at 5 p.m. Eastern time, uh, 3 p.m. Edmonton time is the cutoff for players to uh, to withdraw. You know, I, I the, the vote to ratify the CBA was nearly 80 percent. Um, so that's that's 80 now. 80% of all the National Hockey League. So now you're down to maybe 20% who either didn't like the CBA or, or don't like the hub city setup or, or maybe both. Um, so the, the numbers are dwindling. And I think, Asmir, because of where the hub cities are, uh, you know, I, I look at Edmonton and, and I'm not a doctor and I don't play one on TV, but since this pandemic started, Edmonton has had, you know, just over a thousand cases and 15 deaths. So it's been incredibly safe. And I think that's, that's the key is that, you know, those that are married, have kids, have kids on the way, maybe have two or three children. Um, we've seen it in the MLB. Some players have just said, you know what, I'm out. Um, here, I, I don't expect any big names. I think by now, and it's only Friday that everything was ratified. Uh, right now, we're at about a half dozen players. Max Domi really is the, the biggest name so far. And Max, you know, has diabetes, so has some potential complications. But people are feeling pretty comfortable about doing this. They may not like, you know, being in the bubble for potentially two months, but they like the idea of playing for the Stanley Cup. Yeah. And I think they're able to push aside 
what is the biggest concern for everybody around the world, medical, um, for the opportunity to, to win something that either they've already won and want to do again uh, or have never won before. Absolutely. Absolutely. The competitive spirit will, will take over in the end. That's for sure. And once these games get going, they'll get, they'll get pretty competitive and feisty. That's, uh, there's no way around that. Um, so now, now, now it's time, time to talk about our Oilers. Um, yes, let's Oilers do fan, it. Oh, I know you are. There I you love go. it. Um, I've got to talk about the Oilers and any, any reason to talk about the Oilers is, is good enough for me. So, <laughs> uh, by the way, let these early starts continue because I've always struggled with watching the live yeah. live game so if i can catch a bit of ice hockey now over here it's um i wish it was kind of a little bit earlier because um you know we might be on vacation or something with as this thing kicks off yeah um, you're right loved it over here while we've been stuck in hotels and stuff but anyway can't have it all right um <laughs> but the oilers i mean as you said just missed out on those top four seeds but very much in the race for for this whole thing and you know We'll see if they're good enough to make that run all the way to the finals. Um, being at home could be a nice advantage. As you said, Mike Green was a big, important pickup for Ken Holland, um, the trade deadline, but he's going to be sitting out. But uh, nonetheless, you have Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid, and that's that's a pretty good starting point for most teams, isn't it? Yeah, you know, it's kind of where you start and where you finish. I mean, those two guys, the, you know, one-two in scoring, Leon has been – you know, it's interesting, Asbir, and I know you follow the team. I, I, it seems like about 10 years ago that people thought, oh, you know, he's, he's kind of riding uh, Connor's coattails. He can't drive his own line. He's scored his 50 goals because he's alongside McDavid. And I think Leon took that theory and just blew it up and said, no, uh, not the case at all. 110 points. Uh, Connor, at, ironically, 97 with 97, even though he missed seven games. I mean, they would be truly uh, line mates, teammates, and they'd be neck and neck in the scoring race, um, you know, if Connor hadn't missed those seven games. I, I don't see Leon being, you know, any worse. Uh, he's had, you know, time off like everybody, but he hasn't been, uh, he certainly wasn't this year a slow starter. Uh, Connor has, has not been a slow starter when you take previous off seasons. And I think as mere people are starting to think that Connor, this might do Connor some good, which is weird to say because he did have 97 points and, you know, is the best player or top two, top three, whatever way you want to slice it up. But he never really had a chance to train last off season. He was rehabbing his knee. So the feeling is that he's, he was skating before many people. He was working out before many people were, and that he, he could come back even better, which is kind of scary to think for opposing teams. But those two and those two on separate lines uh, has become really a revelation for the Oilers. Um, I don't know where they would be if they were the together all the time, incredible numbers, but I don't know where they would be regarding the playoffs. So being on separate lines has, has been, you know, some people might say, oh, what's a big deal? A stroke of genius for Dave Tippett, not to only think it, but to do it and to follow through with it, it's allowed both players to flourish and it's allowed the team to flourish. Yeah, well, absolutely. I think spreading that joy around a little bit is, um, yeah. has been key to the order success. I mean, one of the key players going forward will be Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Um, I think he's been a big part of Leon's, Leon's success, so if he can keep that going and um, be a big part of that. I guess the one the thing we also have to touch on is, well, what's the biggest question mark for the Oilers? And I think that could be, we're talking about one of the, the main things for playoff success is the goaltending. Now, um, the NHL is very much trending into that whole co-goaltending duo. 
um, sharing the load a little bit, and and the Oilers are a perfect example of Mike Smith, Mike Smith, and uh, Miko Koskinen. Um, but in the playoffs, it's probably safe to say you do need that one guy. Now Dave Tippett has leaned a little bit more towards Mike Smith to their previous relationship and maybe his superior puck handling skills. Um, do you think they'll go with one guy? What what? How do you see this playing out? Yeah, you know, it's a great question, and I love your mentioning of Ryan Nugent Hopkins because he, he made a big difference with Leon towards the latter part of the, the campaign here before the pause was hit. I mean, it's kind of weird. They're trying to find a winger for Conor McDavid. I'm thinking, I'll put my hand up. I can't skate, but I could probably score two anyways. Um, but so he's been he's been really paramount to being able to flip back and forth between those one and two lines. Speaking of one and two goaltenders, I think Edmonton probably as much as anyone. I mean, you look at the numbers of Mike Smith and Miko Koskinen, it's almost split right down the middle. Uh, one might have a little bit of a better save and percentage and, and goals against average, but one might have won, you know, another game or two. I, I think because you mentioned it, Asmir, the previous relationship, uh, more experience of Mike Smith is, you know, I don't think there's a, a job to be lost in training camp. A goaltender would have to be, you know, literally like letting a beach ball through to some extent for the goal or the coach say, you know, I'm not comfortable with this guy right now. So I would agree with you that Mike Smith would be the starter. Um, Not, uh, you know, not that the coach would be ready to give him the hook fast, but I think it's almost a win and you're in relatively speaking. Uh, If you have a 48 save performance and you lose one, nothing, that doesn't mean you're coming out. But in this, play-in series, which is a best of five, you, you don't really have time for, for anyone, particularly a goalie, to kind of find that groove. So I think Edmonton's in a 1-1-A. They'd be happy to have a goalie go through in the traditional way of, a, of you know, the Marty Brodeurs and even much longer ago, Grant Fuhrer. They'd play 70-plus games in the regular season, and then they would play every game uh, in the playoffs. But in this case, I, I think they're open to doing what they've done in the regular season. It, it worked in the regular season. Um it could work in the playoffs. Just your sample size is, is so much smaller. So you really have to feel like that other guy is going to be better than the current guy that you have in net. But I see them being open to a one-two scenario with the idea that if a guy can get hot, just like a player gets hot uh, and is hot with goals, that if a goaltender is, is hot, and in this case, potentially Mike Smith to start, that they would they would ride him and take him as, as far as they could. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's interesting to see how, how they play that one. Um, but things are looking good for the Oilers. I think very much, very optimistic for the playoffs here um, and for the restart, and of course, in the playoffs as well. So hopefully everything works out for them. Before I let you go, Gina, we do have a question in from uh, one of our listeners on social media. Um, and we want to ask that to you. What media are allowed into the bubble? How will the game be called? If you are not in the bubble, and can Gene make a deal to do his puns before every hockey game? So there you go. <laughs> well, I'll try. I'm not sure that's on the table with the NHL, but I'll check with Mr. Batman uh, if and when I see him or talk to him. I'll see if we can make a deal for that. It's a great question regarding the media because we're still so. There's there's three options. There's you're in the bubble and you're you're like a, a player or staff member, and once you're in, you're in, and that could be as long as 65 days. Uh, so there's that, where you would just be from the rink to the hotel in the secure zone. Um, so that's part one. Part two is an in-and-out access, where uh, myself and a limited amount of media 
would go in the same door every day. We'd go to the same spot every day. We would social distance. We would leave from the same exit as we entered. And that would be our access. We would not have any access. We're still going to, with Zoom calls that we've become so accustomed to in sports and business and life with family, that is our only access at this point. So even if I'm in the arena, um, I'm not going to go stand beside a a player or a traditional player like we had those interviews that won't be happening and then the third option is you're not in at all uh you might be at home you might be at an office you might be outside uh you know kind of watching the game on a tv your laptop having access to watching the game and then when the game's over you'll have the zoom call post-game interviews and then you'll sort of jump into action and start doing what whatever you're you know in our case sportsnet has asked of me so it's either you're in all the time you're out all the time, or there's a limited in and out. So you're a partial part of the bubble, but not a full part. Actually, a follow-up question on that. What, broadcasters, are they going to be allowed? Are they going to be part of that bubble team? Yeah, that's 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 another question that we're answering. Basically, how it works, Asmir, is that Sportsnet is the national rights holder. So they put together a checklist of what they would like. They then forward that on to the National Hockey League. And under these circumstances, the National Hockey League figures out what's, what's, what's safest then what's best. So we're still determining whether our broadcast teams who would normally be sitting, standing rinkside on the concourse level or up in the press box, having a, a view of, of the broadcaster of the ice, will be calling these off televisions. We don't know for sure. The belief is that they will be part of that partial bubble. Well, they'll be able to come in, call the game like they normally would, and then exit right away with no access to players. That isn't 100% guaranteed. But answers that we expect to know for sure uh, this week. Well, Gene, uh, I can't thank you enough for your time. Um, well, obviously, maybe not too many hockey fans over here in Italy, but I, I could be more excited <laughs> about the NHL restart. So I'll try and spread that interest around a little bit. But um, thank you so much for your time, guys. Make sure you check out Gene. He's uh, he's on Twitter, he's on Instagram. So make sure you follow his pages and his uh, amazing reporting of the NHL and just sports all around. So, Gene, thank you so much for your time. Um, enjoy the restart. Um, stay safe, of course, with your family and everyone. But um, yeah, can't wait to have hockey on again. And you know what, Asma, really appreciate that. Same to you and all of your listeners. And I got to say, you know, I met you, well, probably uh, 20 years ago and you had a dream and the dreams come true. And even though you're no longer in Edmonton, obviously your connection to Edmonton and hockey is still there. And we're real proud of what you uh, have accomplished and continue to accomplish. So keep it up. Thank you so much, Gene. Take care. You too.